This is Hungry Gen Podcast, and I just want to thank you for joining us today. Here at HG, our vision is to see thousands saved locally and millions globally. We hope you enjoy this week's message. Let's open our scriptures to Matthew chapter 4. And we're going to look at the story of Jesus fasting and going through wilderness. Today I titled my message called Fast Forward Through Wilderness. Say with me, fast forward through wilderness. Okay. Let's read first and then we will talk. Then Jesus led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted there by the devil for 40 days and 40 nights. He fasted and became very hungry reasonable during that time the devil came and said to him if you're the son of God tell the stones to become loaves of bread but Jesus told him no the scripture says people do not live by bread alone but by every word that comes from the mouth of God then the devil took him to the holy city Jerusalem to the highest point of the temple and he said if you are the son of God jump off for the scripture says he will order his angels to protect you and they will hold you up on their hands so you won't even hurt your foot on the stone and Jesus responded uh, the scripture also says you must not test the Lord your God next the devil took him to the peak of the very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their glory I will give it all to you he said if you will kneel down and worship me verse 10 get out here Satan Jesus told him for the scripture says you must worship the Lord your God and serve him only Verse 11, then the devil went away and angels came and took care of Jesus. All right. I want to talk a little bit about wilderness. Because every person here and our Lord, Savior, Jesus Christ himself had to go through wilderness. And wilderness is... Wilderness is not avoidable in our life. If we are to go anywhere in life, we will have to pass through wilderness. Wilderness is a transitional season. Wilderness is not something that was meant for you and I to live in, to dwell in, and to die. Wilderness is a great divider between the past and a promise between the past and your purpose between the past and your promotion wilderness is what separates from the comfortable from the usual from something that you're accustomed to to something new to something great to the next stage in life to the next level in life Every time you're going to transition in life, you will go through the wilderness season. And that season is a time of uncertainty. It's when things are shifting, things are changing. You don't know exactly where to pitch your tent, where to settle. Well, you shouldn't settle in the wilderness. Because you left the comfortable and the certainty, but you're not in a promise yet. You're not here nor you're there. You're in between. And that's the time of wilderness. I want to look 
from the scripture at two categories of people of how they went through wilderness and for us to draw an, an example for us to draw for us to learn a lesson so that we are not stuck in a wilderness so that our life does not consist of walking around the mountain but our life has purpose our life has meaning and that we're moving from glory to glory from one season to another season of life from one stage to another stage of life Israelites just like our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ were also led by the Spirit of God out of their past out of their misery out of the season where which used to provide for them into the promise of God just like Jesus was also led by the Spirit of God from one season into the wilderness because there was a purpose and calling on the other side so two categories of people two types of people they're both led by the Spirit of God but one went quickly or I should say relatively quickly through the desert and the others they died in that wilderness without possessing their promised land both were tempted Israelites were tempted in the wilderness and so was Jesus tempted in the wilderness and the way they went about their temptation determined the length of the wilderness in their life oftentimes we are stuck in life our wilderness season is prolonged is not because this is what God has predetermined for us but it's because we keep failing the tests and we keep we, we we fail to embrace purpose in our life and therefore we keep walking around the mountain and we feel like our life has no purpose no meaning we feel like even in certain areas in our life we're dry and we can't go forward the difference between the two was that Jesus when he entered his wilderness he recognizes the he, when he recognizes recognize his time of wilderness he began to fast Bible says Israelites when they entered into the wilderness they complained about their food the wine and they wanted to feast and God gave him what they asked for but the problem is that it was not a time for feasting it was time of fasting and seeking the face of God so they can go through the wilderness into the promised land okay so there is three areas which are the fundamental blocks of life three areas that I believe we all will be tested or are tested and some of us are stuck in the wilderness and we can't get out or we don't know how to get out and I want to show you that how Israelites got tested in this area and what they did and how Jesus was tested in this area and how he 
came out of it. The three areas that I believe that every person needs and every person will be tested in is number one, provision. Number two, protection. And number three, purpose. In order for a person to, fulfill, to be fulfilled inside, to be satisfied, they have to have these three elements in their life. Number one, every person needs to feel provided and when a person doesn't is not when a person doesn't feel provided the person grows up dysfunctional number two when a person does not feel protected they grow up dysfunctional and when a person doesn't have a purpose their life is meaningless and without satisfaction and fulfillment because we have these three deep these three deep needs in our life if we're not careful our life could be led and guided by the need instead of by the voice of God and by the Spirit of God and people that allow the, their need to drive their life oftentimes find themselves in the wilderness find themselves in trouble find themselves in the dry places find themselves with the broken life you can't allow your need to dictate the direction of your life the spirit of god must lead you in every area in your life and fasting helps to control our need our needs our desires fasting helps to submit our desires and our needs to the word of god and to the voice of god israelites came out they enter into the wilderness they're supposed to be going to the promised land the journey is supposed to take approximately about 40 days as they're walking first test is provision they have no food and instead of coming to Moses and saying Moses go talk to God look he has provided for us all this way he we saw mighty ten plagues well when when there was darkness in Egypt we had light when there was no um when there was no food in Egypt we had food we had God has provided so much for us if he brought us out of Egypt with his mighty hand he can give us food in this time Moses talk to God let God speak and give us directions what to do but instead they started murmuring they started complaining they started whining and they started accusing Moses and doing some wicked things and they kept taking the test over and over and over again and they didn't pass and so they died in the wilderness look Exodus chapter 15 they get to the Mara waters and they're bitter they can't drink they complain then they go in Exodus chapter 16 they complain that there is no food God gives them manna they didn't learn their lesson they get to another brook uh, no the, the next test in Exodus chapter 16 God gives them a test with food with manna I said collect for uh, this many days on the last day collect twice as much so that you don't collect the next day and the Sabbath you rest they failed that test they collect on the first day they collected more than they need the greed the need for provision was driving them instead of the voice of God and it becomes warm they fail it again in Exodus uh, no 
yeah in Exodus chapter 17 again they get to another river that uh, or they are by Rephidim and they're again complaining that there is no drink God just turned bitter waters into sweet waters drinkable waters and instead of asking God trusting him for provision again they're complaining whining and they just keep failing a test after test after test if that wasn't enough again in numbers they're complaining that uh, they're complaining about manna they got tired of manna so they're complaining that they don't have fish cucumbers melon leeks onions and garlic so God's like these people and he sends them quails and they keep failing the test of provision instead of trusting God in their life. Instead of seeking God's voice, instead of seeking God's direction of what to do next, they whine and complain. See, when we don't submit our needs and our desires to God, they begin to drive us instead of God's voice leading us instead of his scripture leading us and when those needs drive us and we lack in our provision in our substance then two things happen we either murmur and complain or we do things that are not the will of God for our lives we do things out of character without integrity without honesty I think murmuring complaining is an obvious thing we see that in when Jesus was in the wilderness when he was hungry we don't hear him complaining we don't hear him complaining and the opposite he's quoting the scripture of God and promises of God but another thing that Jesus was tested was turn the stones into bread become a self-provider or be take a provision from other source than God or be self-sufficient and Jesus does not take the bite and he says listen it's not by bread alone that we can that person can live but by the word of God I give you a story to keep you to help you understand this a little clearer I, when I was finishing high school in my uh, senior year um, in Colorado we just became legal and the next state that was going to legalize it was our state Washington state and so I had a lot of friend it's acquaintance in high school that came to me and said hey you know you're into business if you have cash I'm looking at the, the 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 weed is about to get legalized in Washington State let's start the business together I need fifty thousand dollars and I already have this guy he already had things position uh, things worked out he had uh, contracts with various um, farms to grow weed and all that stuff I wasn't familiar with the industry I did some digging did some research and I looked at this and I was like dang that's a good business this is gonna be some serious money here some serious money here and uh did some research and fundamentals and financials everything i mean everything looked really good and so there was i'm not gonna lie i was tempted you know um fifty thousand dollars and i'm like man it's just you're gonna become a millionaire really quick and so i prayed about it thought you know 
considered it. The Lord said no. I asked him again. Just, just make sure he said no. He said no second time. And then I says, God, just a triple check. Make sure it's a no. You know, he said no. I was like, okay, you know what? I guess it's a no. I, so I passed on opportunity. And sure enough, when it became legal in Washington State, the guy just, just took off. Like, saw him on Instagram posting, like, he bought this house, that house, vacation here. I mean, businesses took off, like, took off big time. And so I thought, like, well, you know, one of those one-in-a-lifetime opportunities, but it'll come around one of these days again. But I was not willing to compromise my consciousness and my belief and not willing to compromise what the Lord, how the Lord wants to provide and take the provision from another source. Make this stone be bread when we begin to call white, black and black white, then we begin to compromise in the area of finances, with our integrity, with our honesty, we begin to do things illegally and when instead of trusting God to take us through that season, through that wilderness, we begin to try to be self-sufficient or even go about dubious ways and illegal ways to provide for ourselves. Many people find themselves in trouble because they needed money, so they got into selling drugs. Yeah, I'm not using how many, so many people that that. I know that got into trouble with the law because when they got into a pickle, when they got into a tight situation, instead of trusting God for provision, they, they went and started doing uh, illegal things to get out of the hole while being Christians. So God, you have God on your side. God will help you. God will protect you. God will lead you through. You don't need to do things that outside of God's will and His Word for you to be provided and have what you need. The way you get out of financial wilderness in your life is by having a direction from God, hearing a rhema word for God, and have trusting God to lead you out. Okay? Many people fail in the area of finances and get stuck in the area of finances is because they don't hear God's voice and they don't follow it or they hear it but they don't follow it and so they're stuck when Elijah's brook dried up God spoke to him and he led him to the widow sometimes we get stuck in a place where God used to provide. God has moved on. We got to pass through the season of trusting Him into the next season. But we are too comfortable. We stuck holding on to the past job that provided before. To the past business. To the past things. And we don't make the transition through the unknown. But there's a promise on the other side. And we get stuck in the wilderness. And our life and our finances are dry. We must learn to trust God in the area of finances so that we could be led by the Spirit of God from one season to another, from glory to glory, from one, from one uh, stage to another stage. But it will take us submitting our desires, not be driven by fear or by need and allowing God to lead us. And the way we keep our needs in check is through fasting and by submitting our very basic needs, fears and desires to God. Amen. The second need that we have is protection. 
is protection. And um, Israelites, the moment they left Egypt, the, 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 actually it was the first thing that they got uh, tested with, was will God protect us? Because as they left Egypt, Pharaoh realized, oh, I just lost a three million labor force. What did I do? Like I was in, under some kind of spell. Okay, let's get the army chariots. Let's go chase them down. Let's bring them back. And so as they begin to catch up, people of God begin to panic. And they give in to their panic. They give in to their fears because of the immediate danger. And they begin to compromise. They begin to murmur, complain against God again. They begin to complain against Moses. They begin to say, was there not enough grace in Egypt for, for us to die there? Why did you bring us out? I believe because of that great need for protection, that's an area the devil will test and try whether we trust God or not. And we see that Jesus, he passed that test by not giving in to demands of the devil and to test God's protection because he trusted that God is going to protect them. But Israelites, they did not trust God that they will protect, that He will protect them. All of us here believe that God is a protector, right? But not all of us trust Him as our protector. And I'll tell you the difference. I heard this story, a man that walks tight, ro tight ropes and they stretch that rope across Niagara Falls and a bunch of crowd gather together and he... Ask people, who, how many of you believe that I can walk through the, uh, across the Niagara Falls on this tight rope? Everybody, yeah, come on, do it. So he walked it. And then he took a wheelbarrow and he said, how many of you believe that I can walk with the wheelbarrow across the tight rope? And it was like, yes, we believe it, go do it. He did it. And then when he asked, how many of you believe that I can walk with you in a wheelbarrow across the tight rope? Nobody shouted and nobody volunteered. Because believing and trusting are not the same thing. Many of us believe God, that God is almighty. Yes, He's almighty. He is a healer. Yes, He is. He is a provider. But oftentimes we act like and live life like we are orphans, not sons. Like we don't have father. And we are driven by the need. And sometimes our need gets us into trouble into the areas of life where we don't want to be. And I think last two, three years of COVID show that when, some, when a, a, a pandemic came, you know, it's understandable when the world is in panic. They got nobody to look after them. They have to look after themselves. But when church just crumbled in fear before this giant, when church closed down their doors, I understandable first few months, first six months, we're still trying to figure out, government's still trying to figure out what this is. But then when it was clear for sober-minded that this was not as serious as it was, or, 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 or as it was proclaimed, people still lived in fear. People continue, some churches continue to be closed for two years. Some churches never opened. Some churches opened partially. And people lived in fear because their need for protection drives them instead of the promise of protection from God. 
I was coming on a uh, for, uh, on a plane from uh, uh, from uh, California this this uh, coming uh, last last week, and uh, this guy that was sitting right by me, you know, that's three years down, the, three years past COVID, and he's he seemed like a fit guy and and and, uh, and you know a. a healthy guy I, I don't know I don't want to judge uh, judging prematurely but this guy is sitting triple masked he's sitting there and he's like breathing <laughs> like he sounds he sounded like a weasel there I'm like bro you're gonna die out of suffocation before you like uh, you know die out of this COVID thing it's like people are so driven by that and the, that's fine if, if if the world does it but church we are under heavenly protection we are under heavenly protection I'm not saying we're careless but I'm saying we trust God to protect our families we trust God to protect us in our health we trust God to protect our finances we trust God to protect our possessions we trust God for his ultimate protection you know when we were moving started to move in the area of deliverance because of some faulty teachings we embraced the idea that if you are involved in the ministry of deliverance that you're gonna get attacked by demons because you're because you're, you're you're charging in their territory because you're waging war against them there's gonna be retaliation and there is gonna be a casualty of war and so anytime we would have a conference or, or a deliverance meeting something would happen of course every single time something would happen and we would beat her beat on our chest as a, as a sign of pride like yeah we're doing God's work and we're getting retaliated so we're doing something right and then uh, I remember one conference where we were going to a track, uh, what used to be track, now it's a Hypo uh, Center. And we loaded the sound system, all the things uh, that we needed. And with like a convoy, we're driving to um, track center to set up for the conference. And so Michael Melnick in the car is driving first car, driving with the equipment. I'm in the second car. We have two or three more cars behind us. We're driving on the freeway right before that um, exit seven it's a straight freeway as you guys know uh no cars around us and all of a sudden he like flipped his car flips in the middle of nowhere this is the weirdest thing because I'm, I'm driving right behind him I'm, I'm like I'm looking I'm like in the middle of nowhere I thought maybe tire popped or something happened but the car just flips I'm telling you guys it was a supernatural thing and he flips his car on a straight road nobody cut him off not nobody did anything just the car flips and um Thank God he uh, and the car, people in, in the car were okay. Just a few bumps and bruises. But it was like the weirdest thing. And we're like, yeah, that means that we're doing God's will. Yeah, that means uh, we're doing the right thing. And devil is retaliating. And, 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 and he's, uh, I remember a pastor uh, came to us and said, guys, what are, you, what are you celebrating? What are you guys doing? Where did you get that in the scripture that if we do God's will, that we're going to get retaliated? Well, well, preacher said it. Which preacher? So the scripture says, but that nothing by no means will hurt you. Where did you find in the scripture where demons retaliated for doing the God's work? Where sons of Sceva, they did not know Jesus. They said that, that the Jesus that Paul preaches, they had no relationship with God. Those that are in the covenant with God are protected. See, the, these two issues of provision and protection deals with our identity listen to this and God says about Israel in Exodus chapter 4 verse 22 
This is what the Lord says. Israel is my firstborn. Before they go into the wilderness. Listen to what happens to Jesus before he goes into the wilderness. He says, this is my beloved son. Two people hear the same word. One embraces the revelation of a sonship. The other one still acting like a slave and orphans. When the problem arises, they whine and complain. Jesus, he's secure in himself. He never even, he never even addresses the issue of identity because he knows that I am the son of my father. And there are two things that the father is supposed to provide for their children is protection and provision. That's why in the United States, if you don't provide these two things, child services will be knocking on your door. Because as a parent, you are obligated to provide provision and protection. So my friends, during this time of fast, during time of humbling and seeking uh, our Lord Jesus Christ, let His identity be found in you. Let His identity be created in you. Identity of a son and a daughter of God. Because that will cure your drive to provide to be self-sustained and self-protected you know they say this what's the difference between wolf one of the differences between between wolf and a dog wolf has to fend for himself and has to protect himself a dog has a master who provides and who protects we are children of God we're not orphans amen Bible says in Ephesians chapter 6 verse 16 for us to take up a shield of faith. Faith is simple trust in God. Trust God for your protection. Trust God to protect you this year. Don't just believe Him. Trust Him. Entrust your children into His hands. Bible says that that He watches, uh, watches us like the apple of His own eye. That nobody can snatch us out of His hand trust his protection trust your business your finances your family your children into God's hand and do not let devil tempt you to live out of self-preservation protection but live out of life that's dependent on the trust and protection from God amen the last thing that um Israelites and Jesus was tempted was in their purpose. Exodus chapter 4 23 says this, let my son go so he may worship me. Jesus being tempted in the wilderness of with what? With worship. And he says that I must you must worship the Lord your God and serve Him only. Many people get stuck in life, in their calling, or just generally they live their life in the wilderness. They feel like their life is going around the mountain. There's no purpose. There's no life. There's no meaning. They just feel dry simply because they have abandoned their purpose. They failed a test of purpose. Scripture tells us that our purpose is twofold is to worship God and to serve Him now the way you serve Him it might be different than the way I serve Him 
are we all called to worship and cultivate intimate relationship with God. There's two extremes that often, often I see in Christianity is there's this what, what I call is soakers. They soak in the presence of God. It's worship and worship and more worship and soaking, soaking. They soak so much that they're soggy and useless. If you ask them, what have you done for in God's kingdom? What have you done for Lord Jesus? Have you witnessed to anybody? Have you discipled anybody? What, how have you influenced society, your home, your school, your workplace for the kingdom of God? We're going to have all eternity to worship. This is just a preview. But we're not here only to worship. We're here also to serve. And there's the other extreme. Martha's in the church. They're all about do, 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 do. All about. And it's, 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 it's their life is performance based. Their life is performance based. And Jesus said, you have neglected the better thing. Now listen, we need Martha's because otherwise everybody's going to be starving and fasting for the rest of their life. She was doing a good thing. She was preparing food for the guests. It's a good thing. But she has neglected the other side, worship. Our purpose in life is to worship God and to serve Him. But so many people, like the nation of Israel, when Moses went up to the mountain to, to talk to God for 40 days, they've created their own gods in their life and they're worshiping their own gods. God brought them out of Egypt so that they will worship Him and serve Him. But they came out of Egypt. Their life got changed. God cleaned up their life. They got delivered. They got set free. But they live for themselves. They live for their own ambitions and their own goals. Their family became their idol their, their their marriage became their idol their job became their idol when they had nothing they were in church praying morning prayers evening prayers church on wednesday church on sunday they were seeking the lord there were night prayers the moment god brought them out and established them and gave them business gave me life you don't see them even on services we're not even talking about prayer we're not even talking about Bible reading. And they replaced the gods in their life. And they're worshiping something else other than God. My friends, our life will be in, in the wilderness. And we will never enter our promised land. We will never enter our true potential, our purpose. If we exchange worship. As a matter of fact, Apostle Paul, I believe, warns us actually pretty strictly about exchanging worships. In the New Testament. When they know Him as God, but they did not what? Worship Him as God. And God says, I'm going to give it to you on dubious mind. Your own stupid thoughts, your own stupid desires. And they destroy themselves and they die in the wilderness because of their own making. Not because God had no promise for them. Our worship and our service to God is tightly connected. We must do both. We must not abandon our fellowship with the Jesus. We, not, we must not abandon our worship and our, and, and, and our adoration and our, and our heart to please God. And at the same time, we must do God's will. Jesus was both. We need to. Jesus is our standard. This is what we must do. Worship, uh, fasting is one of the quickest way for you to receive your call and to 
refocus on your calling and your purpose. Acts chapter 13 verse 2. One day as these men were worshiping the Lord, one day as these men were worshiping the Lord and fasting. Look at there, there's worship and fasting. The Holy Spirit said, appoint Barnabas and Saul for the special work to which I have called them. They were worshiping, seeking direction from God, fasting, and then came the call. One thing I believe that during this fast, many of you will find your calling. Many of you who have abandoned your calling will pick your calling back up. Many of you who have lost passion to serve God, lost vision for life. Jesus has a vision for you. In this fasting, I believe that will be rekindled. I believe that other idols that have taken place in your life will be removed and will be put away. And God and His purpose will reign in your life. Fasting, it reveals your purpose and focuses your vision. And last thing I want to conclude with this is that wilderness is not forever. Temptation is not forever. And if you are in the season of wilderness, if you're in a season of temptation, I want to tell you that if you submit yourself to God, and one of the easiest ways to do is through fasting. In those moments, in those seasons, instead of, you know, many people make poor choices. Many people make choices in their wilderness which leads them to poor decisions. Instead of holding off in their wilderness season, instead of being driven by their desires, by their needs, trying to do this, this, to settle their spirit, humble themselves before God and seek God and seek for His direction so that the season of wilderness can come to an end. But in Luke chapter 4 verse 13 says, When the devil had finished tempting Jesus, temptation will be over. Season of wilderness will be over. The question is, how are you coming out of it? Or are you coming out of it? It's a transitional season. At the end of it, there's freedom. There's God's provision. There's angelic ministry. And there is supernatural aid. Message 4.11 says, Then the devil went away and angels came and took care of Jesus. If you handle your wilderness correctly, there is a promise on the other side. There's a provision on the other side. On the other side, there's a protection on the other side. There's purpose on the other side. There's power on the other side. Wow, all four P's, I'm telling you. The anoint, Pastor Vlad's anointing is all here. Amen. Hallelujah. Luke 4, 14 says this, Then Jesus returned to Galilee, filled with the Holy Spirit's power. Reports about Him spread quickly through the whole region. Fast forward. When you fast, God fast forwards your life. The word spread quickly. Some people take years to build a ministry. When you wait upon God, when you fast, you wait for His uh, voice, it will take you months to do what other people accomplish in years. Some people take 30 years to build their ministry. But when you fast and seek God and humble yourself, God begins to expedite your ministry. The words begin to spread quickly. Influence comes and comes breakthrough and acknowledgement and power. Thanks for listening to today's podcast. 
If you are blessed by this message, be sure to subscribe and send it to someone. And don't forget, you can always share it on your social stories. Stay connected with us on YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. For more information on internship, prayer line, conferences, and other resources, go to HungryGen.com. Remember, better is not good enough. The best is yet to come.